We've been talking about prayer, and now I want to conclude this series on prayer today. Let me recapitulate once more what we have been saying. We've said that the reason why some people receive different answers or no answer to their prayers is because they think that prayer is some kind of magic wand that they can wave and expect God to answer them regardless of what they do or regardless of how they pray. There is no such mystical way of viewing prayer in the scriptures. Let me read 1 John 3:22 to you today to get you clear about this matter. John writes, And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. I have been trying to say that we must not only pray, but like the song, Trust and Obey, we must pray and obey. We must do those things that God says are necessary to do in his word in order to bring about the answers to that prayer. And that's not inconsistent, as I've tried to point out, because it is God who gives us the strength in answer to our prayer, the opportunity in answer to our prayer, the very existence of our, our being in answer to our prayer, that we may do those things that he has called upon us to do. The interesting thing is about this passage is that directly linked to prayer is keeping the commandments of Jesus Christ and doing the things that are pleasing in his sight. There is no general promise that I will answer all that you ask of me given in the scriptures. The promise is always set in conditions. We also therefore looked at another condition, this one where James in his fourth chapter, verses two and three says that we have not because we ask not. We try to point out there that that doesn't mean just not praying, but it also means asking in a humble way, really asking, instead of like the Pharisee telling God how good you are, but really coming with a humble spirit, recognizing that if you're going to get what you need, it's got to come from God and from no other way. But then James goes on to say in verse three of the fourth chapter, that we ask and receive not in, because we ask in order to consume what we want on our own lusts. That means we forget to ask according to God's will. Let me read again in 1 John another passage on this point. In 1 John 5 verse 14 we're told, this is the confidence which we have before him and we can be confident in our prayers. But listen to the rest of it, that if, there's always that if, if, in prayer, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. In other words, we cannot pray for those things which we want just because we want them. We must be sure that what we want basically is, grows out of an understanding and an acceptance of the will of God as it is set forth in the scriptures. Our prayer life should not just be some kind of praying for any and everything that we can kind of desire in our minds, but we must clearly go to the word of God to find out what we ought to desire in our lives and in our hearts and in our minds. It is our job and our task to search the scriptures daily, to find out what God's will for us is, what he wants for his children and what he tells us we cannot have, what he wants us to do and what we are not to do. In other words, we must know his will according to his commandments and according to his word, if we're going to ask according to his will. 
And asking uh, me according to his will means that we ask, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. We pray clearly that way, and we are willing to accept the outcome as best for us because we know that our Heavenly Father knows better than we what we need. We also said that the scriptures teach in John 14, 13 and 14, Jesus said in that teaching there that we must ask in his name. We don't come before God in our own name, but we can come boldly before the throne of grace in the name of Christ because by his torn body there has been opened a new and living way of access to God. No longer through the priest, but now through the high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ, we can come into the very presence of God himself and in the name of Christ, that is, that he may be honored by the outcome of this prayer, we may ask God for all that we need. Now I would like in the last few moments that we have of considering this question of prayer in this series to turn to a section that talks about a very critical matter of prayer. And that's in the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians. Here in this passage, we have a great verse. And this, this verse, I think most of you who are Christians would know about today. It deals with the question of worry. And verse 6 of chapter 4 says, Be worried about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard like a sentinel your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We all want peace. Books on peace of mind, peace of heart, peace of soul, sell by the millions because men today want peace inside. But there's only one way to get peace and that is to stop worrying by casting our cares, our problems, and our needs upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter says we may cast them on him because he cares for us. And this verse says that don't we're not to worry about anything, but in everything instead we're to bring in prayer uh, this matter before God and leave it with him. But it isn't just prayer. Notice what he says. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. There's the key to it all. Submission to God's will will enable you to thank God even for the trials and the hardships, even for the problems, not to cover them over, to take them quite seriously and to recognize them as seriously difficult problems, not to minimize the severity of the need or the difficulty, but even in the midst of that recognition to thank God for it. How critical is that word with thanksgiving? And I want to stress that at the end of this all, that we must come to the place where we thank God even for the problems. And when we do, if you can truly thank him because you know that what comes your way is his will, then you won't worry. Then you will be able to pray and receive that peace which comes because thanksgiving, what you're truly thank thankful for, uh, thanksgiving is inconsistent with worry. You don't worry about that which you are truly thankful. And then the peace of God will come and it will guard not only your heart, not only the down inward part of your body, your emotion and so on, but also your mind. There won't be that tossing around, what can I do, what way shall I turn? You'll leave it all in God's hands. And then you notice in this same passage, he emphasizes the other things that we've been talking about through these last broadcasts. He goes on to say in verse eight, finally, brethren, whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute, 
If there is anything ex excellent or anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. So it's not just praying in order to receive peace, but it's also putting your mind on the right things. And then thirdly, he says in verse 9, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do these things, practice these things literally, and the God of peace shall be with you. So it's praying, it's thinking the right thoughts, and it's doing the right things. That's what brings the peace, not just prayer alone. Prayer as the background and the base from which you obey the word of God and think the way you ought and do the things you ought to do in order to please God. This is the answer to our problems. Not just prayer, but prayer plus all that the word of God says to do. Help us, Lord, to pray, to focus our minds upon those good things that speak of you, and to do what you would have us do for Christ's sake. Amen.